And now, here's another WNRI radio Christmas card greeting from an area business. Holiday greetings from all of us at Diamond Hill Vineyards in Cumberland. You know, uh, during this time of the year, uh, the rush of the holidays, take time to enjoy the things in life that really matter. Take in the uh, serene moments spent with friends and loved ones. And may the wonder of Christmas surround you throughout the holiday season. From all of us at Diamond Hill Vineyards, including Chantel, we wish you the merriest of Christmas 2021. It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Upfront program for this Tuesday morning. I'm Roger Bouchard. Today joining us uh, as our uh, co-host is uh, Christopher Boulay. He's across the studio. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing over there? Good morning, Roger. It's great to be here. Nice to have you here. We're going to take up uh, some uh, topics of the day, but first of all, we're going to attend to uh, the Autumn Fest calendar as we have throughout the month of November. And looking at the calendar, uh, Bill Schneck, the Autumn Fest calendar chairperson, for lack of a better term, we're at the end of the road here. Yes. Hey, good morning, Roger. Chris, um, Yet today is November 30th, our last day for the 2021 uh, Autumn Fest calendar, and it was a great calendar, um, and we sold a, a lot of calendars, um, so all this money went right to the Autumn Fest that uh, could pay for fireworks, could pay for some detail work, uh, and uh, the only expense uh, incurred was the printing of these. Everything else so, uh, was donated, and want to thank some sponsors, especially uh, Russ Pickard from the owner of Executive Car Wash on Winter Street, who really stepped up to the plate this year and gave uh, an Executive Car Wash auto package every day of the month. Wow. And uh, that was $171 a day. Uh, so I really want to thank him. And I uh, ask those who participated, please, you know, support these businesses who continue to, to give back to, uh, you know, calendars and just you know donations uh, so today november 30th is the big one uh we start out with the executive car wash package uh three platinum washes that's a 63 dollar value and a platinum car wash membership for a 108 dollar value that's 171 dollars we have a ciro's tavern 25 dollar gift card and then we have a $300 gift card from Family Discount Furniture on Social Street. Uh, the brothers down there are real nice guys, very generous. So today's value is $496. Hmm. And today's winner is Trisha Latandra from North Smithfield. So I will be contacting Trisha. And um, that's a great, great, great day for, for a calendar winner, $496. So... Thank you, uh, WNRI, Roger. Thank you, especially to Jeff Gamash for uh, you know drawing every day and mm -hmm. uh, getting the winning numbers uh, out to everybody. Um, it's me and uh, the other radio stations who would also you know would, would put uh, the winners up on their site. So anyway, thank you guys very much. Uh, it was a very successful campaign with the uh, calendar this year, and looking forward to next year's calendar, and maybe we can. Do even better next year. You're going to take it on next year again? Sure. All right. Why yeah. not, right? Why not? All right. Why thanks. Not? So thanks, guys. You're welcome. 
We'll be back with more of Upfront after this message. Hi, my name is Kim Garno, and I'm a Reiki master practitioner and owner of Kiem Healing. Reiki comes from two words, Rei, meaning God's wisdom, and Ki, meaning life force energy. By unblocking poor circulation flow, your body's energy can flow as it should. Reiki provides healing energy in a natural, holistic way through light massage. Reiki relieves anxiety and stress, fosters a better night's sleep, relaxes sore muscles, balances the body's energy and adapts to your individual needs. Reiki is recognized by major hospitals throughout the United States for promoting healing. Call for an appointment at 401-769-0438. We are located at 86 Bellingham Street in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Blessings to you and good health. Call Kim at KM Healing for your consultation or appointment at 769-0438. John Brian inviting you to join the Winsaka Rotary Club for a Rotary Beer and Wine Tasting and Silent Auction Tuesday, November 30th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Museum of Work and Culture, 42 South Main Street, right here in Woonsocket. You'll be able to experience many distributors offering several different selections of wine and craft beer. Tour the two levels of the Museum of Work and Culture while snacking on warm appetizers and start your Christmas shopping early by bidding on the variety of items in our silent auction. Electronic payments will be available and plenty of free parking in the municipal parking lot at Market Square. So save the date, Tuesday, November 30th for the Rotary Beer and Wine Tasting and Silent Auction. Tickets are $30 and available right here at WNRI Studios on Diamond Hill Road in Woonsocket or online at WoonsocketRotary.com. Yeah, we have them here, here at WNRI. If you'd like to stop by and buy a few tickets to the uh, beer and wine event tonight, they're right here at WNRI. And we're right here. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. With the Upfront program for this Tuesday morning, last day of, of November 2021. I'm Roger, and uh, Christopher Boulay is here in studio, and we have a list of topics uh, to talk about. However, let us always remind our audience that this is a talk show. It's a telephone talk show. So if you've got something that you'd like to call in about, please feel free to do so because we, mean, we welcome them. And uh, it's, uh, shall we say, the underpinning of our program. So, um, again, the number is 769-0600-766-1380. Any topic whatsoever you'd like to talk about, we're here to talk about it with you. I have my topics. Chris has his topics. He's a guest in the studio. He goes first. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Roger. Again, good morning, listeners. Uh, as I often do, I'd like to talk about the markets for a couple of minutes and pretty much ties to the day's events. We had talked uh, off microphone earlier about the effect that uh, this new variant had on the uh, stock market on Friday. Shortened uh, market closed at 1 p.m., but the uh, market was down about 900 points, which even in today's Dow of 35, 36,000 is still a significant amount, about 2%. And the derivative was, we got a new variant out of South Africa. How's it going to affect things? And I'll go back to my comments in March of 2020. It's not really the virus, it's how we react to the virus. And of course, we're getting mixed messages from the Biden administration, first closing down the border to South Africa, then not doing it, then not really being sure. So 
what's going to happen to you know international commerce the market really pull back yesterday people realized well geez maybe it's not as bad as we think it is the market moved up and recovered a lot of the losses and now we're at a point right now where the markets are down mildly this morning you know one point zero five percent the dow jones futures are down almost 400 points indicating not exactly but if the markets opened up right now the dow futures and Dow Jones Industrial Average would be down around 400 points. So it's going to go back and forth. I sent you a little clip this morning from CNBC. I like to take, stop the screen, take a picture, and then keep that as uh, one of my topics. And Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve Chairman, who said, you know, who looks like he probably will be confirmed by, by the Senate. He was renominated by uh, Biden. He said that this is an area of concern. Well, from my standpoint, that actually would probably benefit equity market um, equity uh, holders because he's the one who's in charge of interest rates. So if the Federal Reserve chairperson feels that interest rates um, should be kept lower because this is a concern, that's actually going to benefit the, uh, the stock market. So you got a yin and a yang, but I think if the market focuses on the fact that the chairman of the Federal Reserve is concerned about the market, that will kind of translate to, I think, a higher market because lower interest rates will, will, will defer that. Then the other side is, well, how bad is this going to be? If you listen to one doctor in South Africa, she said the variant is different, but the cases are extremely mild. So have we overreacted to it? Probably. And uh, it remains to be seen what's going to happen. All right. And uh, so it's, it's a news story. And I guess um, some news stories affect the markets differently uh, than others. I guess if uh, I'm an investor out there, I know that there's going to be unpleasant news stories from time to time. And I'm not going to jump in and react to that. But I guess there's a certain, uh, I don't know, is it computer generated or just a certain bunch of edgy people in the Westchester County area that... Uh, <laughs> That, that react to, to, to these uh, news events. But I think the average uh, investor or retiree who has, uh, you know, a million bucks tied up in, in, in this kind of thing says, uh, well, news stories affect the market, but, uh, but the market isn't going to go away. <laughs> you know, it's going to be there tomorrow and the day after. You just got to wait it out. I guess. Is well, that what you tell the folks? Yeah, well, B Bill and I were talking in the green room before we came on and trying to put our mind back to March of 2020. And the stock market went down. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is the industry everyone knows, went from 21,000 to, to 19,000 and change. And that, that was really dramatic. So it takes a lot of courage to, to buy in that market. Right now, we're seeing these moves that are more muted, but are you. Uh, investors going to get fooled again because, as I said, if the people who decide what interest rates are going to be, at least on the short end of the curve, are going to be worried, then they're going to, it's, it's a common sense leap to say they're going to react with their policies to support uh, lower interest rates if they're concerned about the actual economy. And therefore, it comes to the old adage in the stock market, often bad news is good news, and often good news is bad news. Hey, would you like to comment? You can, 7690600. The only other thing uh, in terms of uh, some of the uh, things that we should do at the beginning of the program is tell you that if you don't want to call, you can send us a message. And that uh, message um, address is upfront at WNRI.com. 
up front at WNRI.com is the email address and also uh, the uh, phone number is 7690600. I'd like to bring up um, a topic uh, statewide for a moment. And um, I'm not a big fan of our state representative Charlene Lima. She's from Cranston, Providence. She's the deputy speaker in the Rhode Island House. But um, as you know, about 10 or 12 days ago, just before Governor Dan McKee went on his um, extended vacation, I understand he's going to finally make some public appearances today, but no news conference. He usually has a Tuesday news conference, no news conference. I know why, because he doesn't want to answer questions on a stupid move that he made um, to um, negotiate a $3,000 payout to uh, certain members of uh, a certain union in Rhode Island, 1500 one period and 1500 the other. Well, anyway, uh, he announces it, uh, does not get good coverage on uh, any of the talk shows, and nor did it get uh, positive coverage in the Rhode Island news media for what it's worth. And now Deputy Speaker Charlene Lima releases a statement saying that she is going to introduce a piece of uh, legislation to prohibit the vaccine bonuses, calling it unfair in the misuse of taxpayer money. I'm only going to give you one line. Uh, I think it says it all. Lima states uh, several reasons, stating it's unfair for those who received a vaccine without a financial bonus. Yeah, what about me? And what about you, Chris? Um, we did it for our health or our safety or for whatever personal reasons we did it. We did it. And she says, I don't think we should ever use taxpayer money and reward people for a medical issue like this, says Charlene Lehman. Now, now, she is one of the few state officials to say anything about it because they don't have the guts because of um, union reprisals. Well, um, I've introduced the topic, Chris. What, what do you think? Well, first and foremost, uh, Charlene Lima commenting on this, this common sense uh, issue that she, she has with this makes me want to keep an open mind because when I think of Charlene Lima, <laughs> all I think about is the legislation that she pushed that you could bring your dog to a restaurant. Yeah. And now, now that I love dogs, that's okay. But, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but right. no, um, I didn't expect her to be that kind of deep and it, it makes a lot of sense. But there's the stock market overreacts and government overreacts. I think it is in Massachusetts where they're uh, giving you a chance to win a million dollars if you get a vaccine or I don't know if it's in Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. So that's an overreaction and that is a misuse of, of our dollars. So I think giving $3,000 to get a vaccine for state workers is a misuse of the money. But as we're going to learn later on and talk about, watching this uh, governor's race for Rhode Island is just going to be painful uh, as, as everyone tries to outflank themselves to the left. So I think Charlene's right, and you know, we'll, we'll see where it all goes. And it's just another boo-boo by the McKee administration. Oh, no question about it. Uh, there, you know, six months ago, um, you know, it was, I was ready to kiss the Blonnie Stone for uh, Dan McKee about this this dumb move, uh, I mean, uh, I understand if I'm a union member, but that's not the majority of people in Rhode Island. I'd be delighted with him, and I'd probably vote for him. But for, I think, every vote he might have gotten with this move, uh, I think he loses a dozen. And uh, 
And I can't believe that I'm actually agreeing with Charlene Lima <laughs> about any topic whatsoever. I've always found her so far to uh, to the left. But, hey, um, uh, in this case here, every word she says I agree with. I, I think I'm going to frame this and put this in my office <laughs> as news stories I did not expect. Right? And, then, and then what's the next step is uh, if this had, uh, had passed muster and was accepted, McKee was going to give $5,000 for every illegal alien right. who had the vaccine and then give them free college right. tuition. <laughs> you just took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, well, if she had introduced legislation uh, for, for what you just uh, indicated, uh, that would be more like Charlene Lima, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right, anyway, uh, maybe uh, she was having a bad day or something. We have a caller waiting. <laughs> Let's take our first caller of the morning on the Upfront program. Hey, if you have something to say, say it to us. We'd love to hear about it. Hello there. Hello there. I don't know if you are going to be happy to hear it. <laughs> Did, um, is the governor still on vacation? No, he, he is back. He has a public schedule today. So, um, But what, he, what isn't back is that usually on Tuesday he has his news briefing with uh, Sabina Matos, uh, the lieutenant governor. At the state house, and that is among the missing on his mm. uh, public schedule today. I'll, I'll dig up his public schedule in a second, uh, but uh, I'm sure you want to make your point. Go ahead. Maybe he's doing like Biden. Uh, oh, I'm canceling that for today because Biden <laughs> seems to have that trend. Uh, what I did want to mention uh, is, of course, I, I didn't know if he had lengthened that vacation from when he went to hold hands with uh, Joe Biden when Joe was signing his last big bonanza for, uh, you know, everything, the infrastructure. And uh, so the thing is that, geez, what what was I going to go down the path of saying here? I thought about too many other things. But uh, the thing is that, oh, now I remember. Remember you were talking about payola on radios for playing records and stuff like that in the past? I remember. That went over big, didn't it? Yeah, when they got caught. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I try to connect the dots, and and this sounds an awful lot like, here's a little payola for the people who got the job. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to reward you. And and I'm a state retiree, so I would prefer that he kind of distribute it to everyone equally, since uh, we're all paying our taxes and did our service for the state. But no, it's always about rewarding those people who you hope are going to vote for you and support you or, you know, have done whatever you said. So, thank you, gentlemen. You're quite welcome. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. And just for the record, yes, the governor has resumed his uh, public schedule today, and uh, and it's no news conference, that's for sure. At 10.30 this morning, he'll be uh, meeting with um, the Commerce Secretary and the Housing Authority Director in Newport to discuss more Awards. Awards that, I mean, that's all he, he has news conferences for now. Awarding money to nonprofits, awarding money to uh, very few for profits. But anyway, um, they'll be um, announcing broadband grants. Uh, and this is to get better incest, uh, incest, right? <laughs> Maybe there's a better. Um, Increase for internet access for low to moderate income households in public housing. That's what it's all about. And then at 5 o'clock, he's going to have uh, him and Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos 
uh, and they'll hold a public input session on the vision for Rhode Island's future. And that will be uh, where you can go and talk about what you would like to see happen to Rhode Island in the next 10 years or so. But no news conference today. All right, thank you for your call on the Upfront program. We appreciate it. And uh, I'm Roger. This is Chris. And one more thing before we uh, break off here. Well, on a quick note, you just mentioned uh, Internet access. And you also like to fly. And I sent you an article um, that I, I saw. And it says AT&T and Verizon offered to limit 5G power over aircraft safety concerns. And as people fly, you know, they allow you to have uh, Internet access that's controlled. And there used to be the old story where you would screw up the, the, the flight if you were on your phone while they were taxiing or what have you. But it looks like uh, the FAA uh, has got a concession from AT&T and Verizon to that limit their power output on their 5G cell towers for a period of six months while the agency investigates the effect of the C-band spectrum on aircraft safety systems according to the Wall Street Journal. So they've spent, I think, together, I don't think, they, I know what they, they spent almost $70 billion uh, building out 5G. It was a big, big investment. And now they're going to have to limit the power, according to the FAA, says it might uh, affect the aircraft. So, you know, here they are looking to make investments on, on, on the Internet and make it available for everyone, yet now there's an issue of aircraft safety concerns. So tough for Verizon AT&T after making those huge investments and not being able to uh, really utilize them. Can't comment because I, I don't know the technical issues, uh, but I do know that, um, you know, all, fo- all phones come with this airplane mode um, that you're supposed to put on that nobody puts on anymore. <laughs> And uh, I have never heard of an incident on an aircraft where the pilot complained that um, there were so many phones on in an aircraft that, um, that people, uh, people's lives were endangered on that flight. What I really hear about is uh, the stupid people that point uh, laser beams uh, up in the cockpit, uh, cockpit of an aircraft, especially... In their final uh, moments of descent. Uh, So they're in a parking lot near the airport runway and they're shooting this laser beam into the eyes of uh, the captain and the first officer uh, of the the plane. That, to me, is more dangerous than than how much uh, Internet access is available on, on an aircraft. I think it's more to keep control of the passengers than it is... uh, a technical issue, in my opinion. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of when AT&T uh, used to say that if you put a non-AT&T phone into, the, into your wall, it's going to screw up the system. I mean, nobody's ever been able to say um, that this is a problem. But, you've, again, you've got companies that have made over, you know, almost $70 billion investments plus another $15 billion in infrastructure being having to, to bring this down. So I'm not sure, but I just wanted to bring it since you brought up the topic of Internet. We are on the upfront program on WNRI. We're at the uh, halfway mark here in in the program, so I I think I have to uh, take care of some uh, what we call advertisements from uh, some of our great sponsors. 
And uh, let's start with Grumpy's. Enjoyable dining, all your favorite pickup order to go from Grumpy's Restaurant in Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu starting at just $5.99. And a little full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood and great Italian dishes including tasty pizzas. One of the best menus in the area. Hungry today or tonight? Well, come on in and enjoy friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for a pickup order or place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's, 190 Pulaski Boulevard in Bellingham. Grubhub delivery available. And don't forget their $10 dinners uh, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday after 4 o'clock. You get the regular menu at Grumpy's, and then you get a sheet with uh, five or six uh, dinner specials that uh, are on the menu. It could be like tonight. It could be. It's not. But from a previous menu, Smoky Mountain Chicken, it could be Muscle Zupa over pasta. It could be Black and Blue Chicken. That's uh, tender chicken breasts that are uh, dry rubbed with Cajun spices and grilled with caramelized onions and blue cheese crumbles. They had that one night. I had it. Black and Blue Chicken. It was a $10 dinner. Grumpy's in South Bellingham. Back by popular demand. He was here in the studio just a few minutes ago. Bill Schneck. And here he is back again, this time for the Lions Club and um, also for the Milk Fund. Hi, everybody. This is Bill Schneck with the Woonsocket Lions Club. It's that time of year as the 2021 annual Milk Fund appeal has begun, and I am very excited to announce that the all-you-can-eat beer and dynamite fundraiser sponsored by the Circa Warrior Club is back after a three-year hiatus. The event will be on Friday night, December 10th, from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Circa Warrior, 165 East School Street here in Woonsocket. Tickets are $10 and will be available at the door as well as this radio station. There will be raffle prizes. Buddy D will be DJing the event and I hope to see you all there. Last year, Milk Fund Inc. provided milk to 260 families, senior citizens, and the unemployed. 12,342 gallons of milk were distributed. The Milk Fund is alive and well, folks. I look forward to seeing you all for this very special Milk Fund event once again on Friday night, December 10th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Circle Laurier. Thank you very much for your continued support. Thank you, and uh, the tickets are available right here at WNRI. And our uh, Christmas carousel, the most uh, beloved music of the Christmas holiday season, is uh, brought to you uh, in part. As a matter of fact, on uh, Christmas Eve, uh, since he's right here in the studio, on Christmas Eve at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning, we would uh, have the upfront program, but uh, we'll have the Christmas carousel. We want to thank uh, Christopher Boulay, financial advisor, for being a sponsor of our Christmas carousel this year. Thank you, uh, Chris. Always appreciate it. And also, another one of those sponsors is Donald Burke. This is school committee man Donald Burke reminding you that faith makes all things possible. Hope makes all things work. Love makes all things beautiful. For my wife Molly and I, may you have all the three for this Christmas. Hoping your holidays are filled with love, family, and happiness. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, thank you. And a few uh, items uh, to remind us that we are right in the Christmas season, although it's still November, uh, at least till midnight. Uh, there's plenty going on. Christmas uh, 
with the milk fund, Christmas with uh, shopping and so forth. And also our radio programs. And we're still uh, conducting uh, phone calls, as we are. We're going to take a phone call next on the program. And after that, we'll introduce another topic from Christopher Boulay. But right now, let's say hello to you. You've been waiting. Thank you. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good, good morning. morning. Good. Hey, so what do you guys think about this? I probably have asked this in the past, but I think Rhode Island squandered a really, really good opportunity we had in the past. And I, I, I look, I, I'm trying to be more respectful in my old age and my middle age. And, you know, I don't mean any disrespect to, to Mr. Magaziner, you know, Treasurer Magaziner or anything like that, you know. But I, I feel like Ernie Almonte, do you remember Ernie Almonte? He ran against Seth Magaziner and lost. It was actually fairly tight. It was actually a fairly close race considering the imbalance. You know, I think Magaziner had a huge advantage, you know. But what would you, I mean, what, Chris Moore, what, what do you think as a money guy about him running the state? Uh, you know what I mean? Is, is he a guy that could really, really get the needle moving in, in this state? Or do you think, what do you think? Well, I'm, I'm going to talk about some of the missteps that, that he did, and I'm going to defer them to after our call because um, I have to kind of lay the foundation here. But um, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not super excited about any candidate uh, running for governor. Um, there's no Republican candidate. I don't care if it was Ronald Reagan. They dug him up. There's no. It's too late for any Republican really to to raise money and and to uh, make any showing. So it's going to be the Seth Magaziner. It's going to be Dan McKee, or to a lesser extent, could be Nellie Gobier. And if Nellie uh, gets in, then you know you get the government that you deserve. So when I juxtapose um, Seth and and, and Dan. Um, I, I, I've got to give it to, to, to Magaziner. The, the issue will be is Seth is certainly more liberal than I am. And, and I know Seth well. I like him a lot. I think Gina Raimondo did an excellent job as general treasurer. And I think Seth has done a better job. And we don't have to get into all those uh, issues again. But D Dan reminds me, uh, the last caller talked about uh, Joe Biden and, and Dan McKee. And, you know, shaking hands and, and hugging and everything. The thing that reminds me about both of them is they're both in over their head. You know, Biden doesn't even know where he is half the time. And it's so obvious if you pay attention that he's not running the government. And Dan is in over his head and he's making a lot of stupid moves. So does that mean I'm going to, you know, go out and, and grab a Seth Magazine a sign? And no. But clearly when you juxtapose them, he, he's a much, much better candidate. But. You know, this this Pinterest thing, I'm going to talk about that in detail early on. I think he made a mistake, and I don't care if my, he's my friend or not. I'll call him out on it. And then he made a mistake by saying he wanted to put 5,000 units of affordable housing in Providence and had no idea how much it was going to cost. And Go Local Prov hates his guts. They hate him because his father's Ira Magaziner. His father has a close connection with Bill Clinton. And, you know, I don't think much of Go Local Prov, but they're going to go after him uh, with a vengeance. And so he's got to be better than that. So any day of the week, um, I would vote for Magaziner over Dan because Dan's proven he can't do the job. Um, some of the things that have come out for Seth have, have been negative. I just mentioned a couple of them. But all in all, I think uh, Magaziner has the potential to do a much, much better job. Yeah, all right. Well, I don't know. I was hoping we'd get, like, a Cinderella candidate like Almani to jump in. And, you know, again, the, the odds of someone like that coming in and winning are little to none. But, um, 
I don't know. I don't have a lot of hope for this election at all. Well, uh, but I, uh, I, 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 I know Ernie uh, well, and um, we've had him here. Yeah, we, we've had him here. I, I, I know him well, and but I think he really hurt his legitimacy in the candidacy when first he wanted to be governor and then he wanted to be treasurer. Um, I, I think that really hurt him in the eyes of the voters. But is is he competent? Yes. Um, does he have character and, and, and the ethics that you want to have in leadership? Absolutely. Um, I, I think the three of us are going to hold these guys to, to a, and gals to a pretty high standard that they're never going to meet. Um, but they don't see the world the way we do. Certainly, what you're going to see, and I and I and I alluded to it, each of them are going to outflank the, to themselves to the left to make because they know, and they're not dummies. They know that this race is going to be decided in the Democratic Party um, primary for sure. And there's a lot of voters in Providence uh, who who are going to really move the needle in terms of uh, who's going to be the next governor. All right, thanks. Good morning. You bet. Good thanks. Good morning. Good day. This is the Upfront program on WNRI. We're talking about a whole bunch of topics. And uh, you know what puzzles me a little bit with uh, these campaigns like um, Mr. Magazina is um, grabbing on topics and new- issuing a news release that nobody cares anything about. Now, is this uh, Pinterest? Is that, uh, is that the name of the website? Um, Pinterest. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to mispronounce it, and I was right. told last night, you right. take interest, and you put a P, it's Pinterest. Okay, fine. Whatever it is, um, grabbing on to a topic like that and um, embracing it and doing something about it, I don't, I don't know if it moves one vote one way or another. To me, it's like local politics. Um, if you get the garbage collected... And you get the streets cleaned and swept or the snow plows uh, pushing the snow. It's better than saying I'm a candidate and I'm going to re- I'm going to re-cement every stop sign and yield sign in the city of Woonsocket and make sure that they don't shake, you know, when the wind blows. You know, some people say, who cares about that? I want my garbage picked up. And why these candidates don't actually talk about topics that are of interest to, you know, a normal person. Most of well. I guess I used a, a good example. I don't even know how to pronounce the damn website. I don't even know what they do as a website. Anyway, I'm done. Well, you, you know how I feel about this. Um, this whole Pinterest thing upsets me. And as I alluded to, I make it clear, everyone who listens regularly knows that Magazina will be a much better candidate, much better governor than, than, um, than uh, Dan, in, in my estimation. Having said that, it doesn't mean... They're going to do everything that I agree with. And this Pinterest thing really bothers me. I challenge you within one minute to explain what Pinterest is, why it bothers you, and should I be concerned uh, in any way at all? It concerns you. It concerns me, and I can't explain it in a minute. I can explain what Pinterest is in a minute. Pinterest is a website, social media, that was started in 2009 in San Francisco by three gentlemen. And it's really like a catalog where you go on and you can focus on interest. So companies pay to be on it. So if I wanted to look for Adidas Golf, then I could focus on that. Or if I wanted to talk about paintings or anything. So really, it's just a fancy um, flyer is what it is. But they do make money. They make about $2 billion a year in revenue. They make about $150 million a year in income. So what happened to Pinterest is that 
they seem to have a workplace of misogynists and, and, and very discriminatory. And I wasn't there. I wasn't part of the settlement. But as I read the topics and I read the articles, it seems like it was a legitimate issue. So uh, Pinterest, is their, their market value is very highly, $25 billion for their revenue. But the retirement system of Rhode Island, run by Seth Magaziner, had purchased some shares, probably well, well less than one half of 1%. But they sued the company for their discriminatory practices. And again, based on what I'm reading and the research I've done, it's probably legitimate. So this company, who only makes about $150 million a year, had to put aside $50 million to prevent workplace discrimination. And again, I'm not downplaying it. It's very valid. So my issue is, 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 and I brought this up to the campaign, I have yet to hear from them, is that there's a company called State Street Global Advisors out of Boston, a very large, very successful, long-term uh, company in the investment world, and they had explicit discrimination. Not implicit like Pinterest, but explicit saying that every manager is going to lose part of their bonus pool if they hire a white male. And if they hire a white male, they need special permission from management or um, they, they can't do it. So you have three candidates. You have a white male. You have two minorities. And the white male happens to be, in this example, to be the superior candidate. And that person is probably not going to get hired because it's going to cost the hiring manager money. And the hiring manager is going to have to go and make an effort to explain why you hired a white manager. You failed. I still don't care about the San Francisco company on a website that nobody cares about, even with the bad things that they've done. So I could care less. Let me finish my oh, point. Okay. So my, my point is, and this represents, pretty, this represents me as a person, is I hate the hypocrisy. So I asked the, the treasurer's uh, campaign. Well, State Street Global Advisors plays a, a, an important role in, in, in the retirement plan. So why are you not calling them out? So, and it's easy for me to understand. I have, just like you, I have a, a, a son and a daughter. I don't want my daughter being mistreated by misogynist at Pinterest. And I also don't want my son to be blocked out of being hired by State Street because he's a white male. And this hypocrisy bothers me. And I, and I called him out on it. And we'll see what happens. Again, no, no candidate is perfect. But if you're going to gloat about owning a couple of shares of Pinterest and making them pay $50 million to do this, You've got to take the other side and say, look at this. This is wrong to what, what, what State Street's doing. So I just want fairness, and that, that's why it's important to me. All right. I, mean, I don't know if I made my case. For me? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Zero. But that's the first time ever you've disappointed me. One strike, and uh, you've got plenty more. To go. All right. Let's do another phone call. Thanks for calling the Upfront Program. Do you care about Pinterest or whatever they call it? Good morning. Yes. Good morning. I'm going to say this, and I have reason. I, I recently had an email exchange with someone, and it gave me reason to believe what I'm about to say. Um, I still haven't heard any governor come on to the air and explain how this new CO2 law, how he's going to bring new business to the state with this CO2 regulations they put on the book hanging over our heads. I don't see any governor who's going to reverse that. Now... Here's where I've gone. I actually have an email exchange with a person who wrote a book who's nationally known. I won't mention his name. But the book was about 
science deniers, and I ask him how I'm a science denier, and he says, you're a science denier when you go against the consensus of science, and you don't have any good um, data to back up your opinion, and in advance, you will not explain why or what would change your mind. And I responded to him, how about this? Instead of changing my mind, because I don't believe in mankind making this climate change, how about instead I'll give you the next thing. I will give you everything you want. You can cut all the CO2 to zero, but don't destroy my life while you're doing it. And the answer is to go with advanced nuclear so we can have the energy we want without, so we don't destroy our life without having the CO2. At which time, I got nothing. There is no answer. And the bottom line is, just like in this state and everywhere else, the climate alliance alarm is it's not good enough that you give them what you want no co2 but somehow you must be punished in the process we can't use any way you, you can't have your energy you can't have your society you can't have your vehicle you must be punished because even if there is an answer that doesn't include the punishment that's not good enough stop bob just a second uh chris uh do you know what the hell he's talking about? Uh, help me out here. Well, Stop. Don't say a word, Bob. I just need I need a translation of what your call's about. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, well, I I think I understand completely what, what Bob is yep. saying. Uh -huh. Is that you've got you you're damaging the economy, damaging the making people change their lifestyle in a inappropriate manner by demanding CO two be re reduced. And his answer again is 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 advanced nuclear that would stop that and provide the energy. And I, I think I think we're in agreement that yes, you know, people are being asked to do things that aren't going to make sense. And then you can see you talk about you know Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket, you try to put um wind power there and they're going to say no because the elite don't want it in their backyard so i we I, we we get you that there's a big push here and you've got people you know got a state 48 miles long that's going to go on a path of self-destruction to make co2 reduction that's not going to make a hill of beans in the whole scheme of things Thank I, you, we, we get it all right now you can finish up is that is that fair is that a fair assessment yes but also understand that just like they say, you are a climate, you are a science denier if nothing will satisfy you. But even if I go out of the way to satisfy them for everything they want by saying, you know what, you can have your zero CO2, but give me my nuclear energy, that's unacceptable too. It's like you must pay, you must be punished. There is no making them happy. There's no compromise with them. It's wind and solar only, and that's it. We don't want to hear nuclear fusion, nothing. It's wind and solar only, and they, they don't move from that point. Right. The, the, the liberals don't like facts, and we talked about this. You had a Google Climate Summit uh, in, uh, in Switzerland, and there was, a, there was 145 private jets. You know, they couldn't even share one private jet. We, we understand it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great one. Well, you can tell I'm having a bad day, Chris, uh, because I'm not understanding anything going on, or uh, I'm just impatient. What do you think it is? You think I don't, I'm... I don't know. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to reassess my position on this whole Pinterest thing, because I thought I made it very clear is that uh, racism on either side uh, is wrong. Sexism on either side is wrong. And if you're going to pump your chest and that, hey, we took these guys to the cleaners because they were wrong, 
and clearly, based on my observations, uh, Pinterest uh, was, was uh, creating a, a bad workplace culture. Um, to me, there's other companies doing exactly the same thing. I think the problem with me, we're going to take a call again, is that I think they gave me decaf instead of regular coffee at the coffee <laughs> shop earlier this morning because I'm, I'm a little bit edgy here in the studio. Hello. Welcome to the program. Your comments, please. Wow, I have a bunch now, um, but first, Chris, in terms of Pinterest and State Street, uh, clearly it's simply that you're sim- not woke enough yet to figure <laughs> out the difference, because there is a difference, uh, and that's the difference between misogyny and and reparation for the racism that has existed in the hiring practices at State Street, and in order to correct it, they need to balance the ratios, and that's the woke, correct way to do business versus the generic misogyny that's going on at Pinterest according to what's being reported. And so when you finally come to terms with the fact that there is a clear difference, you will be able to understand. Well, CO2, Roger, before we move on, and I know you know the answer to this, who is the, C, who is the CEO of State Street Global Advisors? It's a white male. You know, first thing he should do is give up his position uh, to a minority and then and, and start over. You See, you've already learned that the <laughs> proper answer is out there. Okay. Um, let me, let me get, and Roger, by the way, for the CO2 problem, we can solve it by simply inhaling and not exhaling. Um, <laughs> now, as, as, far, as far as a couple of earlier callers, you were talking about Ernie Almonte. I like Ernie. I've known early Ernie since the 80s when we were in college together. Um, and uh, I, you do know he's working for the, vice, uh, the lieutenant governor right now. And he, uh, I think he would probably be well-suited now if he wanted to get back into the election game to try for the vacant treasurer's office that's coming up. And I think he could do that job well. Yeah, I thought that's where um, our caller was going earlier with it. Yeah, and, and I think that he, he would be well suited to that job. Um, but uh, what I would like to ask you about, though, Chris, is you talk about State Street. Uh, and I know you know that Go Local Prov really has a thing about Ira Magazina. Mm-hmm. Ira, did I say Ira? Seth, Seth, Seth yeah. Magazina, I'm sorry. Um, and, but they did do a recent article, and of course they've sicked Ted Seidel on them, on on Magaziner, and there was a mention made of the fact that you can't get uh, information, satisfactory amount of information on certain of the investments in the pension fund, uh, and I forget particular investment vehicles, but it's almost like it's private information, and so they don't disclose anything about their earnings or their expenses or anything like that, and the state invests in these types of funds, uh, much like when they invested in Point Jupiter with the governor's office. Um, governor is that formerly the company she worked with. Yep. Uh, there was no information ever disclosed about the inner workings and the, the, the where they got their earnings from or how much they paid in fees. Um, do you agree or do you think like I do that the state should write a law that prevents our public funds invested in pension assets not be allowed to be put into any investment where you do not get full disclosure of all necessary information about the operations and the results of those operations associated with that investment? You, you know, I, I did see your uh, 
your comment uh, on Go Local Prov. And the issue... Oh, be where, I, where I said there ought to be a law? Yes. So the, the, the issue becomes, and, and, and to, to be clear, not to sound like a, a hypocrite, there, there are some great... There are some great companies out there who, who are in the hedge fund business, and there's some lousy ones, and we both know that Point Judith really underperformed. The, the issue is, and they're kind of hiding behind it, is, 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 is um, your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the um, copyright of, of what you do, how you make your money. Is, is, it, is it a rapid trading, you know, like Renaissance Capital, earning 28% compounded for 10 years? You know, he, he's got a proprietary product. And that's where they get involved in. And they haven't really made that distinction, in my estimation, between your proprietary products and separation versus what they need to know. My issue is, if I, I can go to the portal right now in Rhode Island Pension Plan, and I know everyone they're doing business with. And so at some point, you've got to give deference to the treasurer's office that they know what they're doing because obviously he's had great risk-adjusted returns but i don't feel that i need to know exactly what what's being done in terms of the pricing if i see who they're doing business with what the returns are um you know what 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 um what hedge fund classification they're doing i can kind of make my own determination so i see where you're saying it they've got to make a clearer determination of what is proprietary versus what should be in the public domain i hope that made sense well it, it does and i guess as you said though it, it forces you to put your faith in the um in the knowledge and skills of the treasurer and the treasurer's office to uh as you would call it pick the right pony if you're going to start putting money into it so that despite knowing virtually nothing about how the process works for them, uh, you rely on them to actually be successful. And unfortunately, when you do that, you run the risk of somebody being unsuccessful and you're basically plastered with, with the remains of what you created by putting money into something that happened to fail. Um, so I guess, I guess it does become an electoral, electoral issue for them to decide uh, whether they want to uh, take a bigger chance uh, of both succeeding and burning um, to decide to do what's best for the state pension system. My fear is it's the taxpayers' money that they're investing. So um, yeah, and, you, know, you, you, run, you, you run the risk of getting involved in something that we could lose just as big as you win. And, um, and of course, like with Point Judith, maybe the law should be such that you can't get into contracts that allow them the company you're investing in to make the decision about whether you're going to continue the investment. Yeah, that was a problem. Uh, and it, yeah, and 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 in, in the defense of Magazine, and when he went to back basics, he basically fired the third of the managers that weren't doing a good job. So if you look at the aggregate, and you don't, and you don't want to be John and Chris and look at all the details, if you look at the aggregate, the risk-adjusted return at, at the at the top level has been very, very good for the for the treasurer. So I give him a little bit of a pass on that, but I, I, I see exactly what you're saying. Thank you. Well, all right then. Have a good day, gentlemen. Okay, Thanks for the call. Thank you. Bye-bye. And now, here's another WNRI radio Christmas card greeting from an area business. This Christmas greeting brought to you by uh, Jennifer Lemmy at Remax Town & Country at 2081 Diamond Hill Road in Cumberland. And uh, Jennifer says, uh, during this Christmas season of giving, let's take time to slow down and enjoy the simple things. 
May the wonderful time of this year touch your heart in a special way. Wishing you much happiness today and throughout the new year to come. Jennifer Lemmy says, whether you're a first-time home buyer or right-sizing your home to your current lifestyle needs, selling or investing, Jennifer Lemmy can help you reach your real estate goals. Exceptional service, impeccable results. You can reach her at uh, 401-996-6617. Jennifer Lemmy from Remax Town & Country in Cumberland. All right, we're back here to uh, the Upfront program, and we have very little time. So, Chris, do we take a caller or do we take you? No, um, my topic can wait till Thursday. Let's take the caller. All right. Hello there. You've got a few moments here to uh, uh, give your opinion. All I, need is a sp- all I need is a split second for Chris to take down a site. You know, you talk about misogynism. Uh, almost 30 years to the day, there's an article in Newsweek that appeared in the March 29th issue, 1993, and it's called Male, White Male Paranoia. And if you read it, Chris, it predicts where we are today. So 30 years ago, People could see what marginalizing of white males. So again, as I say, I'll be quick. You get a chance to look it up. I don't even know if Newsweek is still published. But it's the March 29th issue, 1993, because I tore it out back then. And it's, it's just amazing how true it has come through when they thought it was paranoia back then that men, white men in particular, were concerned that they were being marginalized. What's okay? going to happen to us white men? Are they going to take us away? I'll tell you, if I'm lucky, it's going to be Amazonian women demanding sex from me. Uh Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's a good way to end the show. So so try and check that site, if you will. I wrote it down. It's amazing how much it is today. And uh, like spread it around because I think people need to see it. Little white boys today, we're, we're having our society molded by young women in advertising agencies trying to make ads look like they would like the world to be. And now you don't see little white boys in anything other than I've seen two ads so far where boys are taking ballet lessons. Uh, maybe, reluctantly. We, maybe we are jerks after all. Yeah, yeah, I, I tell you, Roger, yeah. it is. So we, we got it. We I'll get out of your way, but check that out. It's really, really serious. Okay? Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're all alone on Thursday, Chris. You better be prepared. I'll have fun. I'm counting on you. Have a great trip. Okay, I will. Thank you. And this is WNRI at 9 o'clock in the morning. And here's uh, the news.